live from Buffalo Wild Wings. If we do this right, we're probably going to get good results. And so, um, you know, we've gotten that off and on throughout the course of the season so far. Um, and I think the more we get it, the more contagious it becomes, you know, and, and guys really are tapped into trying to do the little things right that may give us an advantage. I, I wish I had like some big secret, but it's really just comes down to, you know, you know, taking the big old moment and just simplifying into, okay, just doing my job this play, you know, hopefully will lead us down the field and, you know, into the end zone. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. 7435 South Durango is the location. Buffalo Wild Wings every Friday night or every Friday afternoon leading you into the weekend. We're at a Buffalo Wild Wings, a different one around the area. And today, again, 7435 South Durango is the spot. Demon Cotton's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio holding it down. And joining us on the phone lines from VegasNation.com is our good friend Cassie Soto. And Cassie, I forgot to even send the invite to tell you to come on over to this Buffalo Wild Wings. I realize it's near where you're at. Oh. Dang it, I, I, Durango, I should have known. <laughs> My bad. DeMond told me uh, that it was near the other uh, location that we were at last time you came over, so I totally forgot to, uh, to send that invite. I got too caught up in wondering what the hell DeMond was wearing today. I don't know if you've seen him on Twitter uh, as he was oh, flexing, wow. but, uh, yeah, he's got his cowboy uh, outfit on in, in, in uh, respects to the rodeo being in town. Yeah, the Wrangler National Finals rodeo. I get it. Fresh <laughs> AF, I would like to say. Hold on, I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. Oh yeah, no. Uh, oh wow. Come on. Uh-huh. What size? What size are those jeans? Which uh, extra, uh, extra small? Extra small. The right size. The jeans. Okay, with the bolo tie and the teal. Wait, hold on. I kind of like it. <laughs> there Don't we encourage go. Them. There Don't we encourage go. Them. Give Jeez. me my flowers. Wait. Thank you. Is that a is that a Texas Longhorn belt buckle? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going all out. Look at you. You know, I'll admit, I have a pair of boots that I bought for the NFR. I don't have a hat, but I, I have some turquoise in the wardrobe and some flared pants, not going to lie. See, Q, Cassie, come on, Q, you got to get on the train, man. Cassie, those pants that DeMond are, is wearing looks like they're smaller than any pants that you would ever wear. I'm going to be honest. I think he's standing because he can't sit down. <laughs> Because I think if he sits or squats even a bit, but those pants are gone. Exactly. Exactly. My man found the smallest pair of pants he could find, and then he said, give me a little bit smaller. Right? Who, I mean, record, who recorded this for you, Damon? and were they just laughing the entire time? Uh, no, it was the um, intern slash student that we have, Enrique, and he said, Damon, okay. when I graduate high school, you're a shining example of what I want to be. Enrico, you don't have, Enrique, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> He definitely did not say that. Enrique is a is a ladies' man. He definitely did not say any of Who that. Who do you think taught him? This is if phenomenal. Anyone, I'm just watching this on replay. This is going to have 400 views by the time we're done because I'm just <laughs> replaying it. That is this incredible. Is I, I don't know if good's the word I was looking for, yeah. but I, I, I can understand where you're coming from. Hold on, hold on. At least he's got shoes on this time. Yes, exactly. He does have uh, shoes on in the studio only because he couldn't bend over and take the shoes off because those damn pants were so tight. <laughs> You have a point. Okay, you have a point. No, you have a point. No doubt. Cassie Soto is our guest here from <laughs> VegasNation.com on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Now let's get down to business, Cassie. How about this game coming up on Sunday? Raiders and Chargers. The Raiders have walked off two in a row. Denver and Seattle, and they return home. What have you learned about this team in the last two weeks? Josh Jacobs is good at football. <laughs> yes. <That>, uh, yes. <laughs> 
uh, in, in all seriousness, my goodness, you know, obviously, you know, taking over as a league leading rusher. Um, I'm just like, I was looking up, you know, I just wanted to get the stats and stuff. He's got 1100 of these team of this team's 1300 rushing yards. Like that is just, you know, Q for the longest time we were asking, what is the identity of this team? And, you know, you would have thought with, uh, Devontae Adams on the team and you know at one point there was a Darren Moeller and there was a Hunter Renfro but my goodness has this team just developed you know on the ground and Josh Jacobs obviously leading the charge there and he has a very very good chance a good opportunity on Sunday to just continue to pad those stats for sure. Right, and the Chargers are not good at stopping the run. They're giving up 150-plus yards a game. I'm assuming, Cassie, that they're going to do everything they can to slow him down. How do you think the Raiders attack the Chargers, uh, especially on the ground, and knowing that there's a calf injury with, with Josh? Do you think it's a you know running back by committee where you see a little bit more Zamir White, or do you think that they just keep pounding the rock with Josh Jacobs until he can't go anymore? I mean, I think that's, in so many words, that's what exactly what Josh McDaniels has said. And, you know, every press conference he talks about it, he's basically said, like, yeah, we're going to run him until the tires fall off. You know, like, in so many words, he said that. Um, I think, I mean, it would be very beneficial if the Raiders got Zamir White involved. I think Derek Carr is, like, second, the second leading rusher on the team right now. Um, and then, yeah, and then there's Zamir White. So, yeah, definitely getting the, um, the young guys involved for sure. You know, Brandon Bolden, Amir Abdullah, we saw him kind of, you know, get some life last week. And, yeah, I think you definitely have to spread the ball around. But, again, if Josh Jacobs is willing to take these hits, is willing to carry the ball 20-plus times, you know, I think you just keep feeding him until he says he can't anymore. And, of course, he popped up again as questionable on the injury report again today. We knew he was questionable last week heading into uh, Seattle. And, you know, you see him all smiles in the locker room this week. He's got a big old bucket of slime sitting in his locker. You know, he's got a lot to play for and he's got a lot to prove. And again, I think this is the kind of player that is just the homegrown players. Q, I know you've talked about this before, that when's the last time the Raiders have had a player that they can just, you know, fully call theirs? And it's somebody that they've just been able to dive into and is everything that this organization wants to stand for. A great person on and off the field, obviously great with us in the media, great with fans. I was pulling up some old video of him at the um, the Las Vegas ballpark when they did that, the Golden Knights and the Raiders softball game, you know, that charity softball yeah. game. And yep. he said, yeah, the game's cool, but let me go grab some babies and sign some kids, you know, like sign jerseys and this, this and that. So, yeah, I think... Obviously, you know, getting back to the game, you want to spread the ball around. But Josh Jacobs is is just that dude. He really is. Cassie Soto is our guest from VegasNation.com, Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Cowboy DeMond's got one for you. You mentioned spreading (laughs) the ball around. And in the first matchup against the Chargers, Devontae Adams had a season-high 17 targets. How much do you think that Derek Carr is going to go to him this game, seeing how much success they had in the first game? Say yeehaw at the end of that. (laughs) I reckon I won't. (laughs) you know looking back at the game i think the the first week obviously right everybody was anticipating what was this Derek carr and Devontae adams connection going to be like and 17 times he was targeted right and i think it was just kind of one of those things where carr has a shiny new toy like let's just you know just just see what's happening and i think maybe they were just trying to force it to Devontae adams you know they just signed this guy so why not and I think now as we've seen the season progress, 
We've seen them figure out how to use Devontae Adams. In week one, when nobody played in the preseason, you know, they weren't exactly sure. Now they've had all of these weeks to figure out how to spread the ball and to figure out how to get him involved. And so, yeah, I think they're going to rely heavily, you know, week after week. Um, we've seen, you know, Devontae Adams get involved. I think they have to go to him and for all the obvious reasons that he's one of the best wide receivers in the game. Um, and, yeah, it'll just be interesting to see if we see a Mac Collins get involved again. Obviously, he's a guy that stepped up in some big moments. I mean, even getting Foster Moreau involved as well, a tight end there. So, but, yeah, everything, you know, is kind of going through Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs right now as far as the offense goes. Yeah, I want to stay on the offense a little bit because we've been talking about Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. Even you mentioned Foster Moreau there and Mac Hollins, if they can get involved. But what have you thought about Derek Carr's play recently on this two-game win streak? Because I, I feel like not that he's not getting enough credit, but that he, the, a little bit has been taken off of his plate and he hasn't had to do as much. And that's been to his benefit. Yeah, and I mean, that definitely goes, you know, with Josh Jacobs being able to, you know. But again, that last play, and I, I ended up talking to Vinny Bonsignor about it a bunch of times, he... And he brought it up a couple of times. I know that everybody on that play, that 86-yard run, did their job. Like, it took all 11 players. And when you look at it, it really is a thing of beauty that, you know, um, uh, oh, man, I want to call him the German tank, but I know. <laughs> oh, oh, Jakob Johnson. Johnson, you know, like all of these guys getting involved. And, uh, and it just, like, goes, like, I think more than anything, like, this team is just finally gelling and it obviously has to do a lot with, you know, the recent wins that they've had, but they just look so much different. They look so much more confident, and that obviously does take a big part off of Derek Carr that, you know, it doesn't all fall on him. Obviously, you know, the, as he still the most fourth-quarter comeback um, yep, leader in yep. that, I believe, you know, yep. but and a yeah. lot of that, you know, did fall on him, and but now, yeah, it is a lot more simple. He can just, you know, hand the ball off. He can. He knows he's going to throw the ball downfield, and he's going to find Devontae Adams somewhere. They're going to do a trick play, and somebody, you know, a Mac Collins is going to find the ball. So, yeah, I think a lot has been taken off of his plate. And, I mean, in, in Wednesday's press conference, I went back and watched it, and I think, you know, that was one of the shorter press conferences I've seen from him in some days. And I think he's just, yeah, he's just more comfortable now and, and fi- believing and trusting in his teammates because we've seen before – if Derek Carr doesn't trust somebody downfield, he's not going to throw it to them. No, he's not. And you know, it's funny, and DeMond, that was a great point that you brought up. We talk about, and, it, and I, it's, I'm guilty of it as well, we've talked about everyone who has helped the Raiders win the last couple games. We've talked about everybody to we're blue in the face multiple times. Multiple times we've done it, gone over and back and up and down. And not one time have we said, hey, you know the guy delivering the rock down the field? He's been doing pretty well as well, right? I know he turned the ball over yeah. early a couple times against Seattle. I know he had those couple interceptions, but be able to bounce back from those and then deliver that ball to Foster in the back of the end zone, that was not an easy throw, and he made that thing look, look just easy. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I've done two two shows since, and I, I mean, I think I've mentioned Derek Carr's name every once in a while, but no, it's been the Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams for show for sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll admit that. That's funny. That is funny. But, boy, <laughs> Derek Carr will be the first one to hear about it when the Raiders right. lose. <laughs> boy, he can't. Right? Had they have lost that game at Seattle, I'd be like, well, it was an opening drive interception. If they yep. wouldn't have done that, Derek, you know, kind of that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Switching over to the defensive side. Now, when it comes to stopping this Chargers offense, we all know about Justin Herbert. He's, you know, He's the magic king now when it comes to young quarterbacks in the NFL. But do you think that Brandon Staley, his aggressive style that we saw it last year when the, in that final game, do you think that he's going to be put in some situations where maybe it turns against him, that aggressive style that they like to play with? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, I think 
he, he has every opportunity to try, right, to go for the fourth and shorts, to try, you know, maybe a two-point conversion here and there because we've seen them have success against the Raiders before. And obviously these are two completely different teams. But, yeah, no, I think, you know, I don't see why he wouldn't, especially against this defense that can be hit or miss sometimes. Um, and we don't know if maybe uh, a, a Nate Hobbs will be back this week. We were able to talk to him in practice this week. And, you know, he was all smiles and seemed pretty confident and glad that he was back on the field. But, yeah, I think, you know, the, the Raiders defense definitely has to have their head on a swivel to see what kind of, you know, wizardry uh, they can come up with definitely on the L.A. side. Hey, were you any, was anybody in the locker room, did anyone ask Nate Hobbs if the club that he's practicing with is also going to be like the club on his hand that he's going to be playing with if he does play? No, but when we, so he was practicing with, yeah, that club on his hand. But then when we interviewed him, and I actually have a piece of that interview up on my Twitter, um, where he was like, he, his hand was free. And so he was like moving his finger and kind of just showing us, you know, that he was able to move his hand again. But he didn't want to give out too much. I actually asked him like, so if you had to put a percentage on yourself right now, where would you be at? And he was joking. He goes, ah, I'm at like a 2%. No, no, I'm playing. You know, I don't, he's yeah. like, I don't want to say, I don't want to say too much. Like I'll let, you know, I'll just let the days play out. So, I mean, the, the Raiders could definitely use a Nate Hobbs for sure, because we know how big of a game he had versus the Chargers in week one. If you want to check out that tweet, it's on Cassie's Twitter account right now, at underscore Cassie Soto. I saw that video a little earlier today. And so uh, let's wrap up with this when it comes to Nate Hobbs. If he does play, uh, how effective do you think he'll be since he's been out for so long? He has been out, yeah, since week five. But I don't know. There's just, like, something about him that I feel like he, he, he might not miss a beat. I just – I think he's obviously – he's told us, you know, he – He's been on the sidelines. We've got multiple pictures of him on the sidelines, you know, there cheering on his team um, since he's been out. And he's obviously been studying. And he said that this time has given him like a different opportunity to evaluate the game and to see, you know, and progress on his game now off the field. Um, and so I have a feeling that if he is able to, to suit up on Sunday, you know, that's going to be somebody fans want to keep their eyes on for sure to see if he can come up with some big plays for the Raiders. All right, Cassie, we know that Sunday you're going to be at Allegiant Stadium watching the game. Uh But tomorrow at 6 a.m., where are you going to be cheering for USA at? Wow. Hold on. It's 7 a.m. It's 7 a.m. because I I know I have to be at 5 a.m. Okay, you're right. You're right. Pre-game is an hour before I'm going to be there at 6.30. We're still figuring it out, but we're going to be somewhere downtown. But you can bet your little cowboy booty I'll be down there in a Brazil sweater, though. Not that much. Yes. There you go. I said it. I said it. I'm rocking Brazil. Brazil's next up for me. See, I wasn't even going to go there with the World Cup with you because I saw your tweet when Mexico was uh, eliminated, and so I didn't want to go there and be that guy to rub salt into the wounds. But I know you and, you know, the fiancé are definitely super into the World Cup. How much did that hurt just seeing Mexico get eliminated like that? Pure pain. Pure pain. Nothing, unfortunately, that we haven't seen before. But, man, the fact that I have, like, a picture of myself sat in a sombrero should say enough, like, that was a stock photo of me. So, yeah, I was just sad. I love how the fact that people actually hit you up on Twitter and thought that you were there. That's what's even funnier. <laughs> yes, I just took a quick trip to Qatar for this one game, y'all. But I, I appreciate people thinking I could just do that and lavishly fly to Qatar real quick. Man, if you got it like that, let me know. Pick a brother up on the corner of Durango <laughs> and, you know, 215, and I'll be ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> We're saving up for 2026, for there sure. There you go. There you go. Well, Cassie, what do you got coming out on VegasNation.com that we should be on the lookout for? Give us a little, like you said, pregame before the game. 
Yeah, for sure. So we'll have your Vegas Nation game day preview up. Myself, Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, Adam Hill, Sam Gordon, the whole crew. Um, we'll be talking Raiders and Chargers that airs at 7 a.m. tomorrow. Perfect timing. Look at that. Perfect timing. Uh, you when go. you're up watching USA, 7 a.m. tomorrow at VegasNation.com and a review journal, YouTube. And like I said, I have that video, that quick interview up with Nate Hobbs up on my Twitter at underscore Cassie Soto that fans can check out. Well, there you go. Well, great stuff as always, Cassie. You know, we appreciate you and uh, enjoy uh, the World Cup tomorrow. We'll see you in the press box on Sunday. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. <laughs> there she goes. Cassie Soto, that yeehaw was to you, brother. That was straight to you as DeMon Cotton is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio getting his best Cowboy Bob, uh, I don't know, impersonation, I guess you want to call it, on. You are uh, too much, dude. You are too much. I don't know. You, you're, I think your pants got stretch marks on them at this point, man. These pants are perfectly normal, Q. You know, they make There's pants that stretch, about that. you know, athletic jeans that you can, you know, move around in. Those I ain't can, no jeans. I mean, those ain't uh, athletic jeans, man. Let, I me, could, let, let me hit you with this text from Cucamonga Raider, and then we'll take a break. He hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r It's so funny because he said, I know you can't air this, but we're going to anyway. The running joke when my T.O. tried to wear skinny, like I said, that T.O. tried to wear skinny jeans was it looked like he was smuggling grapes, LOL. <laughs> Yo, Q, you might as well go to break because uh, these ain't grapes. <laughs> 319 is the time. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. We're here at Buffalo Wild Wings, 7435 South Durango. Going to be here till at least 5-ish, a little later than that. Had, a little, had some really good conversations so far. We talked to Sam Webb, Raiders defensive back, Nick Cothrill, ChargerReport.com. We joined him. We just finished talking to Cassie Soto from VegasNation.com. Porter Larson from ESPN 700 is coming up at 4 o'clock. Talk a little Pac-12 championship game and then Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com at 4.30. We'll close this out talking a little betting lines, college hoop or college uh, football and some uh, NFL action as well. But uh, we just got a text from the 510. We, we ended our conversation with Cassie Soto about talking about the World Cup and we got this text from the 510 said Mexico getting eliminated hurt worse than any Raider loss I've ever experienced. Been watching every game since 10 years old in 2002. That's deep right there. That is really deep. Mailman Raider hit us up and said that was Carr's first three-touchdown game in 700-something days. Also got a text from uh, Rody Raider from New York. When it comes to the Chargers game, I want to see our Raiders' defensive tackles pick up where they left off last week against Seattle. If we take out Eckler in the run game, I like our chances against the Chargers. And for what I'd be willing to sacrifice for a top-15 defense, I'd let our whole offense stay exactly the same, penalties and all. I think our young O-line will keep improving, and strong defense always makes a better offense. Let's go Raiders. Let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Got a couple calls I want to get to. How about Raider Mac? You start us off. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? What's up, DeMond? Hey, man, y'all cracking me up about DeMond's outfit. I haven't looked at it yet. But I, but I will go, go on there. Brace hey, yourself Q, when you I, do it, man. Brace yourself when okay, you do it. <laughs> okay. So I need to be sitting down. Yes. <laughs> okay. Hey, Q, the, Q the, the, the key to this game to me is going gonna, is gonna to be the pressure you put on, 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 on Herbert. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if he has time, he will pick us apart. And, and number, number two I want to say is that, you know, all this week and last week, remember we had the, the – the, and I don't mean to bring this up regarding um, Darren Waller, but mm-hmm. I could have sworn 
that Keenan Allen been out for a week and months. I mean, for about weeks and weeks and weeks. He's been yep. out since game one, and he just got back away about a week or two weeks ago. Yep. And do you know the Charger fans never complained? And I got friends that's Charger fans, and mm-hmm. we complaining about Darren Waller. I, it don't make no sense, but it's okay. It is what it is. Some people going to like you, and some people ain't going to like you. And uh, one more thing, uh, Q. The one thing, the one thing I want to see is change in this game this week is to put some pressure on the on the uh, on the receivers. Don't let them off the ball. We we're giving up too many balls in the middle of the field, and their tight yeah. end yep. is, is pretty good. He killed us the first time. He, I mean, uh, I think he had like six or seven catches. If we can stop the tight end and put pressure, I think we're gonna win this game. But it's not gonna be an easy game. Like we we never win easy games. And the last thing about Carr, you said that Carr, that, that we would be complaining if, if he threw, if he'd have lost the game. Uh, uh, Q, that's his yeah. job to win. That's his job. What he's doing is, that's his job. It, it's, yeah. He don't no, get it no is. special treatment. That, no, that I just, be, I just yeah, failed to, I just failed to give him any props. That, that was, I was basically talking about me. Like I failed to give him props for, for oh, what no, he was we, able we to do. Him props when he deserves it. And he deserved it. He deserved it. But at the same time, he, he has not played up to anybody. That, I mean, I'm not a car hater. I'm in between. I like him. I, I do like him. And and I think we should go one more year with him. But my thing is, Q, is that he don't – he's not an elite quarterback. And you you mentioned yeah. that you have to have – you don't have to have an elite quarterback to win the Super Bowl. You don't. But how many, how many non-elite quarterbacks has won? Maybe two or three. Everybody else has been elite. Go look it up. Okay. I got you. Hey, th- thank you for the call, man. I appreciate it. And I don't think Matt Stafford is uh, elite, and he won last year, <laughs> right? I don't think he's elite. Now, if you think he's elite, that's different. You know, I know we can have that argument, but I don't think Matt Stafford's elite. I, I think there's a lot of quarterbacks that aren't elite that win Super Bowls. But, again, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, Derek Carr is definitely not an elite quarterback. Good? Yes. Elite? No, not in my opinion. But thank you for the call, and you do bring up a lot of good points. I do appreciate it, especially talking about getting pressure uh, on Justin Herbert. you got to make it uncomfortable for him because he will pick, a, pick the Raiders apart, and Gerald Everett is a guy that I'm kind of concerned about in this game because the middle of the field for the Raiders is wide open a lot of times, like some old-school TV antennas. How about we go back out to the phone lines, talk to our guy, Border Jumper Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q. How you doing, my man? I am blessed. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. And tomorrow's my birthday. I turn 63 tomorrow. Woo! Happy birthday, brother. Yeah, and you know, okay, so I want a birthday wish from the Raiders. I want to just, uh, I know it's going to be a game, but I'm looking for a, a victory. Okay. And, and, oh, man, it sounds like your phone jumped the border, man. Your phone just died. your phone just died on us, man. Hit us hit us back with your call, man, because I couldn't hear what you wanted for your birthday, and I couldn't hear the rest of the call. It cut out. So hit us back when you get this opportunity. I also wanted to uh, shout out my man Carlos, who came by just a little while ago. He was here at Buffalo Wild Wings, and uh, he was listening to the station and getting himself a little bit of grub, and he said he had a pretty good feeling about this game on Sunday. And, uh, you know, he, was, he, he, he had told me that it took him a couple weeks to get back into Raider football after that Saints loss, after the time that they didn't get past the 50-yard line. He's like, man, it took me a couple weeks, but, you know, I'm back and, uh, you know, have a pretty good feeling about this upcoming game 
on Sunday against the Chargers. So shout-out to my man Carlos. I do appreciate him coming by, saying what's up. He took a pair of UNLV basketball tickets home with him, so he'll be uh, attending the Thomas and Mac to check out UNLV and San Diego State. And you can do the same thing. We've got tickets here. We've got T-shirts here, koozies, hats. We've got these things that say Miller Lite on them, and I'm not too sure exactly what they are, but – they're cool looking. <laughs> so if you want something cool looking and you don't even have to know what it is, we've got that for you too. So come on by and get hooked up. We'll go to a couple more texts real quick, and then we'll get to some Josh McDaniels from sound from earlier in today. Uh, Mailman Raider said, to Raider Max Point, you don't hear Charger fans complaining about Allen being uh, out because there's only eight of, eight, eight of them. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and Not only eight of them, but uh, the, no one does really talk about that, right? I mean, Keenan Allen had been out since the first game of the season which was against the, Char- uh, the Raiders. He, he hadn't played in the longest, and then he just barely returned. But, but there was nobody talking about, oh, get rid of him, get rid of him, get rid of him. They were just like, well, Keenan Allen, who's always injured, always injured. I mean, go back and look at his you know, games played versus years in the league. Look how many games he's missed. He misses a ton of action with injuries each and every single season. So uh, you bring up a good point. Thanks so much for that. I do appreciate you. I uh, got a text from the 707. The Bears got a second and a fifth for Roquan. And if the Raiders were to trade Waller, I think a second and a fifth would be very fair price. So it seems like Roquan has similar value to Waller on the trade market. I would do that trade because Roquan is just 25 years old and could be a Raider for seven to eight years. That's, you know, and, and I, love, I love the breakdown, right? I love the, the you know, the, the value side of, of that conversation right there. And maybe you're right. You could be right. I'll tell you, when, when the trade deadline was coming up, and it, right there, there, and I knew that Roquan was on the block, I, I kept thinking, man, it sure would be cool to see the Raiders go make a move for that for him. But I realized they weren't one Roquan Smith away from being a great team this year. Now, if they go in the offseason and address you know, the defense and add multiple pieces, either by free agency, the draft, trade, whatever the case may be, I'm good with that. But I knew after that Saints game that there was going to be no buying at the trade deadline. I know Dave Ziegler, the GM, said that the price of business was too high. They were interested in some players, but the price of business was too high. I just don't think that there was any kind of value that would have been there for a team that had just, you know, just got spanked by the Saints and hadn't even crossed the 50-yard line until, you know, late in the fourth quarter. So there's that. But thank you so much for that. We do appreciate you. We can go back out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our friend Sanger Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, Q. Hey, DeMond. How are you guys? Bless, man. How are you? Call. Yes. Good. Hey, I, I think the game is to keep Herbert off the field. How do you okay. do that? He's got to go down hard. You know, the Raider way. He's got to go down hard. He's got to go down hard in the first 10 plays. Hopefully that happens. Don't want the boy to get hurt, but I don't want him out there, you know, picking us apart either. Right. So, um, and Waller... Let's wait and see. Yeah. I mean, he'll be back for the Rams. Let's see what he's going to do. One performance will change everybody's mind if he balls out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I so, do. I don't, I don't think he'll be back for the Rams, though. That's a short week. I don't think he'll be back for that game. Yeah, well, we'll see. But the season ain't over yet. There's still a few games left for him to get out there and, and show him what he's got. We all know what he's got. We just got he's just got to get out there again. And one other thing, I heard a couple of birthdays. Um, uh, coming up here for some of the Raider fans. My brother's coming out from, uh, he's from Sanger, but he lives in Fresno right now. He's coming out to see the game tomorrow. Nice. His daughter, his daughter bought him some tickets. He's going to come out. My boy, my brother, he's 80 years old tomorrow, there on Sunday. 
Nice. So I nice. hope I hope the uh, Chargers um, give him a good birthday. I mean, the Raiders give him a good birthday present. And also, he is a classmate of Tom Flores. He knows Tom Flores very well. Yeah, I was about to so, say, Sanger, California, the home of Tom Flores. Hell yeah, that's where we're from. That's where nice. uh, we grew up, and my brother went to school with him. Uh, so we all got ties to the Flores family in that regard. But, uh, and DeMond, um, remember that saying? Yippee ki yay. That's a good one. That, that's a good one. We'll, we'll, we'll finish off the words for you. <laughs> Sanger Raider. Good stuff right there. I spent a lot of time in Sanger, California, man. My time's in the 559. So I definitely appreciate the call and happy birthday to your brother. And yeah, happy birthday to my guy, Border Jumper Raider, coming up tomorrow. Hopefully, you know, the Raiders are able to pick up a victory for their birthday as well and have three in a row. Boy, the conversations, I can only imagine what the conversations on the station will be like on Monday if the Raiders pull off a third win. In a row. So you can keep those calls coming at 702-365-9200. Also, our text line, don'tbebroke.com. Text line 69187, keyword r What are you going to be looking for in Sunday's game for the Raiders, and what would you be willing to sacrifice for a top 15 defense? We'll come back and hear from head coach Joshua Daniels. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Raider Nation is in the building here at Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, Raider Nation can do better than that. I said Raider Nation's in the building. Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about, representing on a Friday, man, on a game weekend Friday, preparing for the Chargers at Allegiant Stadium. 125 is the kickoff. Had a lot of really good guests on the show today, so including Raiders defensive back Sam Webb. We talked all things Chargers with Nick Cuthrell, uh, Cassie Soto, VegasNation.com. Join the show. Porter Larson from ESPN 700 will join us at the top of the hour to talk a little Pac-12 championship. Got a couple calls that we want to get to, but before we do, I want to let you hear from head coach Joshua Daniels. He met with the media earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, uh, Raiders HQ, and I just want to talk about the team and then, of course, talk a little bit about the Chargers as well. And so the Raiders and Chargers squared up week one. The Raiders obviously lost that game. So where has Joshua Daniels seen the biggest improvement in the silver and black since week one? Probably the understanding of uh, how we take the the, week, the game week and try to apply it to win the game. Um, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of exposure to it prior to then. You know, we had done some things in the preseason, but certainly not everybody had played. Um, and you know, you always come into a, a you know a week a game week with an idea of what you want to try to do to achieve victory and. I think that was our first example of that, you know, in real live, you know, action. Um, and so there were some things in that game that we certainly didn't do well enough to, to deserve to win. And so I think our team has learned over the course of three or four months here, you know, we got to do these things right, you know. And that's the same with, like I said, every team has those, you know, whatever they think is most important. Um, but, you know, whether it's ball security, tackling, pass rush discipline, you know, kick coverage, uh, whatever it is, um, you know, there's certain things in the game that you're going to place a little bit bigger emphasis on. And if you do them right, then you probably give your team a chance to win. So there's head coach Josh McDaniels right there talking about the biggest improvement from the Raiders since week one since they played the Chargers. And one big area of the team that was obviously a huge concern going into the regular season, and it was the big concern for the majority of the season, is the offensive line. But the last few weeks, it seemed like it's really come along and really grown 
themselves. Again, going back to last week, all five starters played 100% of the snaps, which is what you want. So here's Josh McDaniels talking about the growth of the offensive line since week one. Significant. Um, and, 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 you know, and I know we, we, had, we, we had spent a lot of time talking about that over the course of months about what we were trying to get to. And, um, and we ultimately arrived at a, at a group that's now starting to string together a number of games in a row together. Uh, I know Colt missed the one, but, you know, consistency, communication, um, working together with one another, um, understanding, you know, pass protection, double teams, zone blocking, polling plays. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. And those five guys, you know, work usually in unison with one another on every play. You know, sometimes receivers and the tight end, they're on opposite sides of the field. They don't, they're not really working together, you know, but those, those five guys work together basically on every play. And it's really important for them to gain that chemistry. There's little things that they're saying to each other before the ball snapped on every play. There's things that they're saying to each other after the ball snapped, you know, and, and how they say it and the communication and what they're getting used to. Um, you know, over time, I'm sure that there's a comfort level that they've developed. I can see that, and I think they can too. So there you go. That's the growth of the offensive line, something that's very important. And if that continues to develop throughout the rest of this season, then, you know, going back to the conversation of what are you willing to sacrifice for a top 15 defense, maybe like a couple of the texters said, hey, the, the offensive line is going to be okay. They're going to be solid. They're going to understand where they're, you know, where they are and who they are and what they can do. Uh, I still think there needs to be some added depth to the offensive line. But if these guys can come together in jail the rest of the season, they may be onto something. Before we get into some Josh McDaniel sound about the Chargers, let's go ahead and go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our friend ABA Ivan Davis. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, what's up, Q? Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Okay, I'll be real brief. Uh, to answer your question. What would I sacrifice? Yeah. Uh, it would have to be offense. I like the offense. And no, it, could be anything, it could be anything you want. Okay, I like the offense. I just say spend as much capital as you have to uh, on defense, whether it be uh, veterans that understand uh, his defense or, or, or people in the draft. And so, uh, so there's not a whole lot that I would sacrifice, I would add to or improve. Okay. As far as what I expect uh, in the game, that's your, that was your first question, right? Yeah, yep. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a high-scoring high game. I would use ball control. If, they, if, if, if we can gut them with the run, there's no reason to hike the ball quickly. Okay, and keep, and, and keep their offense off the field. And, then, and right now, protect the defense. Okay, and then, and then score when we have to, and get stops. If they have more energy, that they can, they can at least slow down the receivers. You're not going to stop the receivers. Okay, but you can slow them down, and make sure you spy, do whatever you got to do to stop Eckler, because everything is going to run through him. You shut him down, the offense to me will crumble. They depend a lot on him. Okay, and so, you know, lock up Eckler and. Slow down receiver, ball control offense. Old school East Coast ball control, just run it down their throats and just and, and protect the defense. That's what I would do, and we should come out with a victory. All right, good stuff. ABA Ivan Davis, definitely appreciate that. Let's hustle back out to the phone lines real quick. Again, we have Porter Larson from ESPN 700 coming up at 4 o'clock. Let's talk to our good friend, Just Win Wendy. Are you in town yet, Just Win Wendy? 
I am not in town yet. I will be there tomorrow. Okay. Um, but I... Oh, hello. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Hi, Javon. <laughs> hey, um, I'm just really excited about this weekend. Um, but I got to tell you, I get so pissed on the phone because you talk to these reporters from other teams and they all put their team down. And they all say, oh, Indianapolis, oh, we're, you know, you can't, you, you definitely are going to beat them because they don't have this and they don't have that. And, and it's been at least four different teams that have come on and mm-hmm. they, and I'm like, Q doesn't go on their show and do this stuff, does he? Nope. I mean, I can't believe it. And then, and then we lose to them. And so I'm like, oh this guy today that was talking he was like oh we got this problem here we got this problem there and i'm like oh my god uh, it's a bad sign i hate i i just don't <laughs> like it it just bothers me I but yeah i i still think we have a great a great chance this weekend better than i thought we did three weeks ago um i thought they'd kill us three weeks ago now i think you know with the offensive line doing so well and some things coming together with Jerry Tillery over there on the defense. I think um, things are coming together. What I really want to see, I'm going to ignore the first question, by the way, because I, I don't want to give up anything. So okay. That's fine. That's <laughs> I'm not fine. willing to go there. You know, I just cannot yeah. go there. But um, what do I want to see? I don't want to see a hole in the middle of the field. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to see people, some guy up Perryman or whoever, I want to see somebody uh, crossing over and covering the middle of the field when we need it. There shouldn't be a reason why the announcers on TV are able to put a big yellow circle like they did last week. Look, here's the middle of the field that's not being covered. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm saying we have a chance to win if our defense does well, because I think our offense they're just playing games out there now. They're starting to have fun. They're yep. like, oh, let's do number 45. Oh, okay, let's do that one. You know, and I think they're really they're really getting in sync. And I think the offensive line is like, yeah, guys, we got it, you know. But the defense really has to step up this weekend. And uh, they're going to have it bad. I mean, Herbert is huge. He's a tall guy. He can see over everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm on the defense always, but definitely this week we got to keep Herbert from making those middle of the field and long passes. There you go. Good stuff. Well, Wendy, uh, make sure you travel safe. We'll see you when you get here tomorrow. We definitely appreciate you. There she goes. Just win, Wendy. And imagine that, Damon. Imagine the conversation that people actually say that the defense does matter. Imagine that. <laughs> imagine that. Wow. It's like something all of a sudden just popped. Like, hey, you know what? If the defense plays and complements the offense, they could win some stinking games. Wow, imagine that. Wow. Has someone been saying that for a while? I mean, we've only been talking about that for three or four weeks. (laughs) I mean, wow. What a concept. I mean, it seems to work out for the good teams. I mean, it does. But, hey, you know, there's not so much money invested on that side of the ball, so it doesn't really matter. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, just when Wendy is like me, she doesn't want to sacrifice anything. I think this, to get a, a top 15 defense or at least attempt to get a top 15 defense, I think the whole offseason needs to be dedicated to the defense, right? Just like the offense went out and they made the moves for – they brought in uh, Devontae Adams, obviously. You know, that's Derek Carr's guy. They did everything they had to do to get him. 
They took care of what they needed to take care of. They locked up Waller. They walked, locked up Renfro. They took care of Carr. Now the, the attention needs to be on the other side of the ball. It just has to be. It just has to be. I'm not saying they have to go uh, all the way Matt Rule in Carolina and go you know, every single pick as a, as a defender. But, man, the more you have, the better, right? The more you have, the better, the better opportunity you have at getting it right. And that's what they need to do. They, it, it's been a long time since the Raiders have had a really, really good defense and really some young dudes that they can kind of, you know, build, uh, build up like a Hobbs, like a Crosby, you know. And, and right now those are the two guys that you really lean on, right? There's a lot of questions when it comes to everyone else, right? You know you ha- what you have in, in Crosby and you think you know what you have in Hobbs. You know, hopefully we'll see it come, uh, come Sunday. Now let's get back to a couple sound bites that we do have from head coach Josh McDaniels just talking about uh, this upcoming game against the Chargers on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium, including Brandon Staley, who DeMond loves to talk about Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, and the way that he's kind of aggressive with his calls, go for it on fourth and, and one or fourth and whatever from different places, kind of unorthodox at times. So how does Josh McDaniels go about preparing his team for a team that plays that style and a coach that coaches like that? I think you just your mindset needs to be ready to treat third down like second down and you know and and expect every one of those situations to be something that they could choose to do you know and I think that going into the game that's just the best way to go about it it doesn't mean you have to change your call or your philosophy but you know we watched um you know the you just we saw the very end of the Jacksonville Baltimore game you know this morning because we were talking about a situation and trying to teach about you know what we would want to do but there's another one you score and they could kick the extra point or they could go for two it's the same thing that the Chargers did last week in Arizona so I think it starts with just you know not assuming anything you know and running off the field like oh you're going to kick the extra point then you got to run back on the field and you know those kind of things could happen um, each third down, if it ends up in a third or a fourth and short, uh, you know, we just need to, you know, we're going to go through all of our checklists and make sure that we're good to go. Are they, are they kicking it? Is the punter on, you know, is the offense going to the line of scrimmage, you know, cause they do some of that too, where they use tempo. Um, you know, so we just have to have great anticipation, uh, that it's going to happen. And when it doesn't, then go ahead and make the correct substitution and play the situation out. There you go. Head coach Josh McDaniels talking about preparing for a team and a coach like Brandon Staley, who is a little unorthodox at times. I don't think he's been that much aggressive this year, but, you know, obviously in past years, including that last game uh, last season, week 18 at Allegiant Stadium, he was very aggressive to a fault. And, well, there you go. Uh, earlier this week, Keenan Allen, and we talked to Nick Cothrell earlier from ChargerReport.com, talking about the Chargers. Keenan Allen uh, in the locker room setting basically called the Raiders secondary barbecue chicken. And so uh, I believe Adam Hill from the RJ asked Josh McDaniels about that, not necessarily about that statement, but when other players, you know, go ahead and bulletin board material out there. Is that something that, you know, kind of adds to the rivalry? You know, I have a great deal of respect for Keenan. He's done a lot of great things in our league, and I think our players have the same respect for him. Um, you know, sometimes things are said like that, and um, you can use it as motivation, certainly, but I don't think it really has much to do with what's going to happen between the lines. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll just, you know, look, he'll be ready to play. I know he will. Uh, I've competed against him a number of times, and our guys are getting ready to play too, and I know we're going to give it our best effort, so. We'll see. It's already a rivalry. 
Yeah, it is already a rivalry, and I've said it many times. I don't think anyone needs any bulletin board material to get up for this one, but uh, I found it to be pretty funny when a guy who's missed most of the season is talking about a team and a secondary. When this dude is not out there, he's not Devontae Adams, right? Where Devontae Adams is one yard away from 1,000 yards and has played in every game and has 10 touchdowns on the season. A guy like Devontae Adams has earned the right to be able to say something like that about opposing defense, and he, and he wouldn't do that anyway, right? He, he's not – He's not that guy that's going to go out there and say that to a bunch of reporters. I mean, you know, even even when I've asked him about other defensive backs, he's like, hey, I'm looking forward to the challenge. You know, a Pat Sertan, I'm looking forward to a guy like that. A Tariq Woolen, looking forward to a guy like that. You know, just no reason to throw some stuff out like that. So I found it a little reckless, even though, it, I mean, it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's not going to change how the, the game is played. found it to be a little reckless that Keenan Allen, who has missed the majority of the season, decided he wanted to start, uh, you know, barking a little bit. But, you know, it is what it is. We'll see who's barking. When the game is over, come Sunday evening or Sunday late afternoon. One more soundbite from head coach Joshua Daniels. Then we'll kick into hour number three and talk to Porter Larson from ESPN 700. Talk all things Pac-12 championship. And this one is about the injuries to the players, like a Josh Jacobs who's dealing with the calf injury. Uh, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, they're you know eligible to come off of IR come Sunday. But they also have a short week. They have the Rams in L.A. on Thursday. So it's a quick turnaround. So how does Joshua Daniels manage the injuries with that quick turnaround for the Rams game? I think we just make smart decisions for the player. Obviously, their health comes first. And so um, as long as he's good to go for the game or any player is good to go for this game, I think you have to treat this game as its own entity. Um, We understand what's happening next week. Uh, We can't really control that, you know. And I think, you know, we're in a a one-game-at-a-time part of the year now. So we're going to do what we can do, the best we can do it, to try to, um, you know, be victorious on Sunday and then, We'll deal with the aftermath after the game. So taking it one game at a time, but, I mean, it is something that you got to think about because there is such a quick tur- turnaround as the Raiders travel to L.A. for that Thursday night game against the Rams. And excited about that, JT the Brick will be doing the pregame show from L.A. on location, and I'll actually be at the M Resort doing the postgame, the official postgame res- uh, re- re- um, show for uh, Compass Media. I'll be at the M Resort doing that here locally. So uh, something to kind of put in your calendar and look forward to. Going to make a make a day of it. Should be a lot of fun. 3.56 at the time. Speaking of fun, how about that Pac-12 championship? How about USC and Utah? Man, oh, man, this is fun. It's at Allegiant Stadium, and it's sold out. Porter Larson is going to tell us about it next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.